This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Just made $50 turn to $100. And I think that day right there is the day that like caused me a lot of problems for the rest of my life. The plan was to get the guns to this other truck that I had. And when we got to that truck, we're going to swap everything out and I'm going to burn this truck up that I just drove through the pawn shop with. My brother, he's bugging out. So he gets out the car and just takes off running from us like, y'all are crazy. We get away. We really set that truck on fire, burn it up, and we get into another truck and we drive home. My brother has gotten picked up by the cops. He told everybody but me. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, he's been picked up and he told them that two white guys kidnapped him and made him rob a store with them. (laughs) Stupidest shit ever. (laughs) So I just knew to watch the cops. I knew what shift they worked. I watch your wife go to work. I know what time she come home from work. It's a small town. I just I'm watching, so I know it. This you got a six hour window from right here. Like this is this is some funny shit. It has been times that I would know my window was long, and I would break in the cop house and cook me some food and shit. <laughs> and um, I took the guns, and um, I went crazy with my camera phone. The same stupid on, on MySpace. On MySpace, God, I was the first guy to go viral and go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Matt Cox, and we're gonna do a, an interview with Ramirez Grable. He is a former. I'm gonna go with a gun runner, and uh, he's got an interesting story. So check out the video. Uh, where were you born? I was born in Augusta, Georgia, 1983. Um, my mom and dad moved to Milledgeville, Georgia, around about when I was, I want to say, eight years old, maybe right. nine. And, Do you have any um, brothers or sisters or anything like that? Yep. I So I grew up with one sibling. His name is Chris, Christopher Grable. And we grew up in the same home, same mom, same dad. Um, my dad... Went out and had a, a child out of lot with, I mean, out of wedlock. Uh, he went and had a child out of wedlock, and um, I had another brother. And um, we grew up in a small town, Middlesville, Georgia. It's probably like 30 minutes south of Atlanta, 45 minutes south of Atlanta. It is um very, very small town, but uh, it's very uh, urban. It's, it's a lot of blacks. Uh, you know, Georgia's, Georgia has a lot of blacks anyway, so I just grew up in a small town. Um, but I did not grow up on the black side of town. I grew up on the side of town with the white kids because uh, I was fortunate enough to have a mom and a dad and so forth. So uh, as time goes on, um, my mom and dad are working a lot of hours. Um, I'm, I'm getting a little older, so, that, so that, um, they're not home as much. So at age like 12 or 13 is when I started really like, let me go outside. Let me see what's going on outside. You know what I'm saying? Right. So um, that turned out 
kind of crazy because now that everybody in my neighborhood knows that my mom and dad is never home. So my house is, you know, the hangout house. You know, you got that friend whose house is like, go to his house, it's the cool house. His mom, dad never there. That was kind of like my house. So um, this is how I get into guns, but I'm gonna give you a quick backstory of just how I get into the situation. So while I'm outside hanging with my friends, I meet this dude and he says that he has a friend that has marijuana. So I'm like, all right, cool. We're going to try to smoke some weed today. At this time, I'm like 13. So the dude with the marijuana lives in, a, lives in another neighborhood in this same little town. So we go get the weed and we hang out for maybe 30, 40 minutes. And my mind is just blown away because mind you, I've been in the country, in the suburbs my whole life. And this is my first time going to like a city where it's like real hoods. Like I haven't never seen this shit before in my era. And I'm young. So my mind is blown away. Dudes is outside walking around with guns and everybody smoking weed and girls walking around. And, you know, it's just that shit you see on TV type hood environment. So um, I instantly was attracted to that. So I started going back over there, hanging around. And um, it was me, two of my white friends from my neighborhood, and the dude I now met in this other neighborhood. We formed a little group. We started hanging out. Boom. So uh, my first way of getting money was just hustling crack because that's what everybody was doing in his neighborhood they were hustling crack so um i'm like how do you do that like give me the game I'm, you know i want to make some money so he like listen it's simple i'm going to give you five of these for ten dollars a piece they sell for twenty dollars a piece on the block all you gotta do is give me 50 bucks go outside make you a hundred dollars i'm 13 years old i can't believe this shit. i went outside it shit happened it worked i made some money i'm like wow i just made fifty dollars turn into a hundred dollars and I think that day right there is the day that like caused me a lot of problems for the rest of my life. <laughs> like up until a few years back, that day right there, like it was so crazy to me how my mom and dad work hard for their money. They get paid once a week. But I can go outside and make 50, turn to 100 that quick. Not thinking about the consequences. I'm just a young, a, a young mind. So uh, time's going on and um, I'm getting just more and more into the street life. So we started breaking in cars. And that's how my gun journey first started. We started breaking in cars. And this is in Georgia in the mid-90s. No cameras. Ain't no iPhones. Ain't no doorbell cameras. Ain't none of that stuff going on in the mid-90s. So we really out here just going crazy. So we finding guns. Now, in the town that I live in, the city of Milledgeville, Georgia, you can, you can Google this. Uh, Milledgeville, Georgia. It's one of the worst gang uh infested cities in georgia it's bloods it's crips it's gds it's every gang in the world is in that small town except i told you i'm not from that area i live in the suburbs so we breaking in cars we getting all the guns the dudes in school like yo we, we need the guns because they gang bang so you know i get known in the streets for selling drugs and i, I have guns every now and then so all the dudes who gang bang come to me and get their guns so I never forget this, man. A couple years go by and it's just, you know, breaking in cars. That turned to breaking in houses. And then we got kind of slick with it. We're like, you know what? A cop live right there. So we break in the cop house. It's for sure some guns going to be in there. Mm, that's a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> Crazy shit. But we young, bro. We ain't even 17 yet. And, and like I said, cameras and all that stuff wasn't really popular back then, especially in Georgia. It's very, very uh poverty-stricken place except Atlanta. Atlanta is the only Atlanta and Savannah, maybe the only two cities in Georgia that really has some money and is thriving. So uh anyway, 
start doing that. Um, start breaking in cops' houses, getting their shotguns, they uh XD handguns, and just crazy stuff. Uh, um, so I'm known for that now. I'm I'm the gun guy, and I'm the guy with the uh whatever you want, I can get it. So I never forget this, man. I say maybe it's 2000. Now it's the year 2000. I'm probably 18, and this is a true story. This is facts. Like um, we watching. Set it off the movie. Me, my brother, my white friend, and his brother. Uh, his name is Ronnie Holder. Shout out Ronnie Holder. Um, he's doing life right now. Oh, yeah. He um, you know, some people just never leave that life alone, you know. So um, but he's doing life right now in Georgia State Prison. So we we are we watching Set It Off, and we just amazed that they really drove a truck through this bank and robbed the bank. We like that shit was so cool to us, and like. I can really say this, and I and I, I want to say this. All that shit I was doing back then, bro. A lot of it had to do with my intake, which was rap music and these crazy ass movies that were coming out. Mental Society, Boys in the Hood. That shit is like bad on a child. You know what I'm saying? So my intake is like, I'm not knowing that these guys is acting and these rappers is acting. I think they're doing this shit for real that they're talking about. You feel me? Right. So I'm yeah. doing this shit for real. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, we watching set it off. We like that shit's cool. We should just go break in the pawn shop and um just get all the guns out the pawn shop. And in Georgia, most of the pawn shops sell guns because you right. know they got very lenient laws in Georgia when it comes to firearms. So you can get a firearm at any at any local pawn shop or any corner. They have guns in there. And um, like so we're gonna break in the pawn shop. We're gonna we're we gonna drive a truck through the pawn shop at night. We're gonna get all the guns and we're gonna pull off, like set it off. That's what we're thinking out here. So um one night we're in the room just smoking, and me, I always been like uh ahead of my time. Like my thinking would always was on an adult level, like I always thought on an adult level. So I'm like, I'm in the room one day and I'm just putting this plan together. This is something we talked about, but we haven't put any action to it. But in my head, I'm really trying to put this plan together because I just want to do this shit. So I put the plan together, like, listen, it's a four by four truck up the street at this used car lot. This back 2000, they still had the key box to the cars on the windows of the cars. So the, the car keys is actually on the side of the window of the car in a little box. Yeah, but it's got that little that little key that pops that only they got. Yep. So you gotta break, you gotta break into the box once you get it off the window. Exactly. So that night, um, I went. I wanted to do that job because I really didn't want to drive through the pawn shop. And I made the plan and I knew that if I did this one part was to get the, the, the main truck, I got in, you feel me? So I went in there, got the uh, key box off the truck, took it back home with me, broke inside of it, obviously. Um, and um, this car lot that I stole this car from was called Junior's Auto Sale. And it had like a wooden fence around it, not like metal. But it was like an old Western theme. It was like logs on top of logs to make a fence type thing. So you could like just pull that shit out the ground, basically, for real. Like, so that night came, I took the truck. I pulled the logs out the ground. I drove the truck off. This truck really was like a monster truck almost. Like it had those big ass mud tires on it. It's the perfect shit that you want to drive through a building with. <laughs> you feel me? So uh my brother. 
And my two friends, they can't believe their eyes. They're like, yo, you're fucking crazy. You really got the truck. I'm like, what's up? What are we going to do? We're going to do this shit or what? So uh, them, my friend, Ronnie, his brother, and my brother, they agreed to get in the truck and go do it. I'm going to meet them after the robbery in another truck up the street. So what happened is this. They go. They try to just ram the door one time. It really didn't work that good. Cause they scared to just like give it all they got. So by the time they did get into the building, the cops was kind of like alerted, but they got away with a whole bunch of guns, assault rifles, pistols, Glocks, nine. I didn't even know they made nine millimeter rifles. I didn't know they made like all this crazy shit. This is back when tech nines were popular and stuff like that. And um, that we, we, we took a lot of that stuff. And um, the plan was to get the guns, to this other truck that I had. And when we got to that truck, we're gonna swap everything out and I'm gonna burn this truck up that I just drove through the pawn shop with. It's a great idea, right? <laughs> My brother's freaking out. He like, nah, bro, y'all going too far. You're going too far. I don't want, I don't want no parts of that crazy shit. You're gonna blow the truck up. Yeah, we gotta burn the truck up. My brother, he's bugging out. So he gets out the car and just takes off running from us. Like, y'all are crazy. I mean that's not that's no worse than already breaking in the pawn shop with the guns. I mean you're already yeah, you're you're past the point of no return. We passed the you point just of leave no it return. there with your prints on it. <laughs> we got to get rid of this truck. It got too many ways to track track it back to us. But my brother, this is first time. He really never even hangs with me at, at this point. When I when I'm in the streets doing what I'm doing, my little brother don't really hang with me. But this one time, he like he want to go, so he jump out the truck and run. Um. What, so we get away. We really set that truck on fire, burning up, and we get into another truck and we drive home. My brother has gotten picked up by the cops. For what? Walking from a crime scene. <laughs> Is that illegal? Black walking from a crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a small town. Right. You know, it's a small town. It's a young guy walking the same direction that this robbery just got called in at. So um, it's a true story. I'm not going to say my brother's name on camera, but right. uh, they picked my brother up and he told everybody but me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, couldn't he just say, I'm just walking. Like, it was just, what are you doing? I'm walking. They scared him. They got him. In, and he's a, he's a kid, man. He's yeah. just turned 17. I'm 18. He's a year younger than me. You're going to jail for 10 years. We know you did it. We have <laughs> surveillance photos. There's what two people saw you get dropped off. We know. The crazy part Jimmy about Paul it. Paul and Billy did it. The crazy part <laughs> about it. That place didn't have no cameras at all at that time. Yeah, they I, told mean, I, I, I know that, but your brother doesn't know. You know, there was a camera <laughs> on the on the McDonald's across the street. We got another one on the, uh, you know, they'll, they just lie to you. And you just. Uh, Start right. telling. So we, so we get back home and we got bulletproof vests, we got guns, we got all this shit. And like my heart, my adrenaline from the is pawn here. shop. From the pawn shop. Okay. They sell uniforms for cops, equipment. It's like a uh it's a pawn shop slash gun store. Okay. But if anybody who's watching is from Georgia, they can vouch for this. Like y'all seen those, it's, it's it's a pawn shop slash gun store. In the same building, oh, I'm, I'm I'm in Florida. They sell guns in all the pawn shops. They okay, all so, got you, guns. They all so got, you know, they'll buy of, pretty much anything that they think they can sell. 
So it was that kind of setup, but it was also like police friendly. They had like uniforms and vests and tactical shit. So uh we uh so so we get back home and we're not even thinking about my brother at this point. We kind of put this shit up in safe places. We pick what, what we want, you get this, you get that. Long story short. So now we sitting back chilling and smoking, like, hold on, what the fuck my brother at? So I'm I'm tripping out now. Where my brother at? So uh my two homeboys with the other truck, they were like, we finna go find him. I'm like, man, I ain't getting back in that truck with y'all tonight. That shit's just not gonna happen. Like, nah, I don't think we should go back out there. They're like, man, it's your brother, man. Let's might be, let's just, we gotta go find him. I'm like, y'all go find him, bro. I'm gonna chill right here. Like, they leave, not knowing that my brother has been picked up. And he told right. them that, and he told them that I was with two other white guys. So, wait they a second. Wait he a second. said they kicked, he, go ahead. Okay, look, I'm saying, isn't the truck fucked up? How are they you still driving the truck? It's not damaged. You remember I said we the truck that we drove, we yeah. switched out to another truck. Oh, okay. I missed that. Sorry, I missed yeah. that. Go ahead. We burned that truck up. Yeah, I, I I thought you hadn't burned the truck yet. Yeah. We got you, all you said was your brother got he got out and got picked up. I didn't I thought you guys are still driving around the right. same. Okay, truck. I was moving too fast. Sorry, go ahead. So yeah, so when my brother got out and ran, we just went on with the operation. We had another truck set up somewhere. Well, I was in the other truck. Right. They come back to me like your brother, he piled ass on us. He he didn't want no more. So they get back to me in the other truck. My brother's not with us no more. He he's okay. walking. Boom. My bad. Now we switch trucks. We leave the truck, that truck in a like a wooded area. We set it on fire. We get in this truck, go back to my mom's house. Okay. Cause they looking for the red truck, probably. You feel me? So we All go right. back to my mom's house. And um, when we get there, we separate things, split stuff up, you know what I'm saying? And after we chilling for a little while, we're like, where the fuck my brother at? So they want to go find him. Um, I don't. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm scared as shit still. Like, my, I just can't believe I just did this crazy ass shit. And at this point, you hear the sirens, the, you hear the police cars, you see the light. Like, this shit was like, this is no lie, bro. The worst idea ever. This shit was like uh, half a mile from my house. Where we did this at. Right. <laughs> so I hear all you see all the action going towards that way. I'm like, nah, ain't no way I'm going to find him right now. So they they want to go find him. And I guess they also want to go take their guns home that they got out the deal. So when they leave, they don't know that my brother's been picked up. Yep, he's been picked up and he told them that two white guys kidnapped him and made him rob a store with them. <laughs> Stupidest shit ever. <laughs> okay. I'm sure Dumbest the cops didn't ever. believe that. They didn't believe that. They, they didn't believe it. Fuck no. So uh, that night, nobody came back to me. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm too young to like, I'm, I'm not about to call around to the jails and shit. I'm just like, I feel like something bad happened, but I don't know. And we were young, so I'm like, what the fuck? Like, so um, probably that next morning, like 9 o'clock, cops come to my house, knock on the door. They try to get me to tell them something they know for sure you you know something everybody left your house this, last night we know that they went to rob this store you wasn't willing we know that but you gotta know where the guns are you gotta know something you got i don't know shit about shit i wasn't with them i don't know nothing they pressed me take me to the station and try to scare me up i ain't break and l luckily my two friends or the, the two other brothers they didn't tell on me but they're mad and cuss calling my phone like your fucking brother's a rat. Uh, I'm like, yo, <laughs> it was so uh I'm still free. 
They write me a letter to tell me where all the other guns are. I tell you, bro, I ain't never had no shit like that in my life. Like, people to this day who know me for that, like, bro, you one crazy motherfucker. Like, I had so many guns. And so what happened was um, I started, I just was selling guns to everybody. Everybody who, all the game, rival game members who needed guns, I got them. What about what about your two, the two guys? Like, are they did they what they what happened to them? They're in jail right now. Oh, for that? Yeah. Well, not today, but in this story. Okay. At this point, they're still just in jail. Yeah. So they haven't been sentenced. They 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 didn't get bond. No, not yet. Okay. Not anything. Yeah, okay. Right. So so that so they're in jail. Um, both of those guys was on probation. My brother was not on probation, but he had a bond that was ridiculously high and my mom couldn't make it. So he had to sit in jail for a while. So um, I started moving the guns, I'm selling the guns and um, just being crazy with it. So that right there started me on, like, um, I wanna say like, I was branded, like I'm the gun guy and that felt good to me that everybody needed me for something. They, like that felt yeah. good to me, so I gotta keep this going. I gotta figure out how to keep this going. So, um, what happens is they get sentenced to like five years each. Plus, with Georgia back then, Georgia give you a sentence like this: twenty served five. Okay. Twenty served five is is a twenty year sentence. You're gonna serve five, and the other fifteen is on probation. Fuck, fifteen years of probation? Yeah. That's how they yeah. trick you in Georgia. That's, That's how they get you. And then if you get in trouble at all, you can go back for the whole thing, right? Yes. All right. You know what I'm saying? But they have to, that charge, they had to give you 20 years for that charge, but you don't have to serve it in prison. You just have right. to get that number. You see what I'm saying? So that's 20 served five. Um, my brother ended up getting 10 years probation. He ended up coming home. He told. You know what I'm saying? Right. I understand. You feel me? I said I'm not gonna say his name on, t on, on here, but uh, he told. So uh, he ended up coming home on probation. Now, a few months go by, all the guns I had are gone, but my phone's still ringing. I'm still hungry for money. I gotta keep this shit going. So um, eventually, at some point, I joined the gang, um, the Crips. Um, game banging was getting more and more popular in Georgia. It was, it was growing, it was growing, and eventually I just got into it. And I started hanging on the other side of town more than where I grew up at at this point. So now I'm just all in. I started game banging, and from that point, I started teaching younger members how to break in police houses and steal police guns. Specifically, police. Specifically, police, because they got a lot of shit in there. <laughs> Cause I'm young and, and and dumb, but I haven't been caught yet. Yeah, you got to think about that. Yeah, so you kind of you still think you're invincible. You still think like they ain't gonna catch me. I'm too smart. I'm too good. Everybody that before you go to jail, you think it can't happen to you. Yeah, can't happen to me. Those so, other guys went to jail because they're stupid. Not me. <laughs> not me. I'm making other people do it. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, you know. So uh, yeah, and. Um, a lot of the neighborhood cops, they, they were mad about that shit too. Cause I'm it's true. Sure. Cause like I said, back then it wasn't no doorbell camera, it wasn't no iPhones, it wasn't none of that technology. And to have a home system back then was probably kind of expensive. So I just knew to watch the cops. I knew what shift they worked. 
I watch your wife go to work. I know what time she come home from work. It's a small town. I just I'm watching, so I know it. This you got a six hour window from right here. Like this is this is some funny shit. It has been times that I would know my window was long, and I would break in the cop house and cook me some food and shit. <laughs> this is that's real tough. Listen, that, that, that's shit. what makes them hate you. Like that's the proud. kind of shit that makes them hate you. I'm not proud of this shit. You know what I'm saying? And I've been chambered, but this is a story that is 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 crazy. Um, so uh, man, I'm doing that, and um, I got a lot of, lot of stripes in this game because I was the guy that could get the weapons and stuff. Um, it all started to fall down towards 2006, seven. At this point. I gotta bag up. I gotta bag up a little bit. I end up I end up catching a case, but not for guns. It was for drugs. I caught okay. a drug possession case. I end up going to jail. I served a couple of years from 2000 to 2000, no, from 2004 to 2006. I came home 2006, and that's when I tried to do that stupid shit again. And that's now as my space is out now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, camera phones are out now. All right. And I just got out of jail. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So I'm back on my bullshit. I'm breaking in houses. I'm stealing, car, I'm, I'm, I'm stealing police guns. And um, I run across these two Mac 11s. And they had the shoulder sling going on. They were brand new with the muzzle, the cooling system. It was like the coolest shit ever. And um, they were for a cop. And um, I took the guns. And... um. I went crazy with my camera phone. The same Wait, stupid you these on, guys. On MySpace? On MySpace. Oh my I was the first guy to go viral and go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I knew a guy that I knew a guy that robbed the bank. Listen, I knew a guy that robbed the bank, laid on, put the money all around him and took pictures and put it on Facebook. And the bands. We're still on the and like the place just got robbed. Like like it, people he knew it went crazy. People called the bank and said, or people called the cops and said, "Didn't a bank get robbed like yesterday?" <laughs> like you need to look at this. Boom, we arrested him. They had him. They had him arrested within a day or two. Yo, that's crazy. You, you, you just don't think they're gonna put it together that fast. You don't. You don't. And another thing is this: people. Look, the way my stuff went viral is because, like, I don't know. I just felt like it was it, it was a certain group of people that wanted me to go to jail because they felt like I was dangerous, bro. I was providing guns to people who were really killers. You know what I'm saying? Right. And like a lot of people, a lot of older people didn't like me for that because they because they, they heard about me. Like that's that guy who getting all these guns and you know what I'm saying. Or well, so I got two Mac 11s. Oh, and the crazy part about these two Mac 11s, I I had 20 clips. This cop had two Mac 11s and 20 clips loaded in his in his closet in his house. I guess, but this gun wasn't a fully automatic gun, so it was legal. It was a semi-automatic gun, but it was it was a Mac 11 for sure. And um, long story short, I put it on MySpace. I sent the pictures out, and um, it wasn't even two days. The cops came and got me. Wasn't even two days later. My, it wasn't even the cops. I'm sorry, my probation officer. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember of your MySpace? 
my probation officer. No, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he got it from MySpace, but he just got the word. And in Georgia, I don't know about Florida, but they don't need a warrant if you're on probation. They come right in your house. So they brought him to make it stick, kind of like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let the PO search the house. We told you, you can't go wrong here. You feel me? Yeah. So yeah, the uh, PO can give consent. Exactly. So uh my PO called me. He said, Hey, I'm about to do a field check. You know, just come outside and wave your hand. I said, Well, no, do you still live there? That's some normal shit what he does. A field check. He pull up, say, Hey, how you doing? He, he leave. He tricked me. All right, yeah, come on for the field check. He pull up and he started talking to me. And he never came with another guy in the car. I said, who's that in the car? Oh, that's my chief. He's the chief of probation. Next thing you know, a police car pulls in, a sheriff car pulls in, detective pulls in. They put, I'm like, what the fuck? He like, yeah, man, you're going to jail. Like, uh, we've been told you got guns in your house. You're about to go search it. So uh, I'm just locking you up right now for probation violation. Put your hands behind your back. Put me in the car for probation violation. Shoot me away. Um, they find the guns. They find some drugs. I'm on state probation. Um, my parole officer comes to the county jail, maybe after me being locked up for a month, and he says, um, sign this waiver saying that you're guilty, and you can just go do six months in prison, and I'll kill your probation. You come, and then when you get done with that, you'll have to face your new charges. But you could just go do, just give me six months, and i terminate your probation. I mean, your, your, I mean, your parole, I'm sorry, not probation, your parole. Because of the two years I did, I only did like 18 months and I had four months on parole when I came home. So um, I caught a new charge. I go do six months, he killed my parole, boom. I get back to the county jail, I'm happy. I'm like, yes, I'm about to make bail. I'm about to fight this gun case with all I got because it, it wasn't my apartment, it wasn't my house, all these shits in my head, like, I'm about to beat this shit. So uh, when I get back to the county jail after doing my six months, the judge keeps denying my bond hearing. He's like, no, not today. I scheduled for next week, the next week come, Oh, you now you ain't got court today. The judge he put it back again. I'm like, why the f I don't got no no parole holding me, no detainers. Why won't you give me a bond? So waiting for the ATF to indict you or for you, you to be go. indicted. There you go. So now my family's bugging out. They're calling the jail captain. Why my son don't got no bond? U.S. Marshals got to waiting to see him. Mm -hmm. I don't know who that is. I'm like the U.S. Marshals. Fuck is that? I don't think I don't know that's the federal government. I'm not putting it together right now in my head. Like the US Marshals want to see me. How old are you at this point? At this time, 25. Okay. Yep. I did a bid, came home, and now I'm 25 at this point. So um maybe this after I heard the US Marshals wanted to see me, maybe two nights later, I get a visit. They say Ramirez visit. It's nighttime. I'm like, who the fuck? We don't even have visits at nighttime. I go into this little room. And it's a uh, uh, maybe middle-aged white lady in there. She's like, hi, I'm from the Federal Bureau of Investigations. And um, we, we, are you Ramirez? I'm like- from the, from the FBI or the ATF? FBI. FBI, okay. The, 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 the ATF had my case, but she was just like a representative to tell me what was going on, that I would be moved to another a federal jail. Because this county jail is a small county jail. They don't hold federal inmates. So she was just somebody that I never saw her again. She just came to tell me that they picked my case up and I was going to be in federal custody and I'd be leaving this place soon. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm sick now. I'm sick. I'm like the federal, the feds want me for it. I'm like, yo, 
and most of my homeboys that get fed can't do 10, 15, 20 years. So I'm I'm here. I'm I'm going through it. I, I'm thinking I'm going home on a bond and now I'm going to a whole nother facility. So that very next night, do a day, they took me to the a federal jail in Jones County, Georgia. Uh, um, I went in front of a judge and he gave me a bond. He How said much? he gave me uh, $2,500 cash, oh. cash bail. And he said only because um, you, you, they found some marijuana and they found the two Mac 11s. The DA told me that uh, we're, we're going to drop the marijuana and you can just plead guilty to the Mac 11s and we'll give you a bond and um, we'll work a deal with you when you go to court. Um, but if you, ple- but he said, here's the catch to it. If you plead out to the marijuana, you can get the drug program and get a year after your sentence, but you can't go home on belt on, on a bond. We don't let drug dealers go home on bond. Like you get a drug case with the feds. That's what they telling me. If you, if you got a drug case, we're not letting you go home. But if you only just take the guns and plead out to that, we'll drop the weed and let you make bail. But this whole time, they know I'm a gang member too, and they want me to mm-hmm. tell for real. But I don't know this at this point. I'm like, all right, cool. I plead out to the gun if y'all drop the weed. Like, let me go home for a little while with my family, and I. Come do my time. Boom. I, I make bail. When I make bail, my um appointed federal lawyer calls me. I uh, never forget uh, Catherine Leak. She was like, "Um, hey, they want to debrief you at the courthouse." I'm like, "They want to debrief me? Who? Who is they?" You know, she was like, "You know the the ATF and you know the people who got your case. They want to talk to you about some stuff." I'm like, "All right, cool." I go to the courthouse. Um, it was one of those meetings. Look, man, you only got these guns, and you know, this dude in your neighborhood sells drugs, and this dude in your neighborhood does this, and who's your gang leader, and all this old crap. And, um, I wasn't talking to him, and so the dude was like, you know, well, if you ever want to help yourself out, man, you, you, you probably go do it probably about ten years. If you talk to us, we might get it down about two. So he gave me his card. Now I would be a lie if I said I didn't think about it. It didn't right. cost me. I would be lying to you because I'm free. My kid, now at this time, I got a small, small child. And I'm like, so it's it's in my mind, but I know that whatever time I'm about to do is not going to be forever. And I feel like I want to still be an entertainer. I still want to do music. And I just didn't want to have a bad name from where I'm from. You know, and and you can get killed. And I'm a a gang member. You feel me? Everybody go to federal prison. So, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I just chose to do my time. So I ended up taking 70 months, but my guideline was 70 to like a hundred months or something like 70 to hundred months was my guideline. And I went in front of the worst judge, bro. And I really thought he give everybody the high end. He gives everybody the high, the high number. Like when I got my judge, the whole jail, was like, yeah, you're done. He's going to give oh. you the it's gonna give you a hundred months, which is almost 10 years. What saved me was my dad, was the same guy I told you that went to college, that raised me, he um worked for the Department of Corrections, but on the state level. And he showed up to my court sentencing. And he was like, you know, I work for the Department of Corrections and I don't agree with my son and I hate criminals, this little speech. And the judge gave me 70 months, bro. And, um. The only reason I wasn't an armed career criminal because my drug charge before that wasn't intent to deliver. It was just a possession. 
So they couldn't right. give me with the on career criminal. It was only a 922G. But I mean, I, I got I, so much I, time because I was category six, though. Because I got yeah, I, I was gonna say because you 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 got to get five years, no matter what, you had to get five years. So you, but yeah. your criminal cat, your your um your criminal history was already pretty high. So yeah. That's why you end up getting the, with the seventy months instead of the the sixty. But some people get nine twenty two Gs and don't get five years though. But they have but they beat most of the people with no record. Their first offense, get caught with like a little handgun. Yeah, you know they'll get like, three years. The, the minimum, like if I got if I had a gun, get, I'm getting three years. But if I had a drug charge or was caught with a gun and drugs, I'm getting five. Right. And you already had a drug charge. So you were you weren't getting less than sixty months, right. unless you cooperate. Exactly. So my right. guideline was seventy to eighty-seven months. Um, that was with the two-point reduction for playing out. Yeah. You know, before yeah. that it was some higher shit. But um, so yeah. Uh, so actually, what happened? Um, I ended up doing that time, and I came home from federal prison in two thousand fourteen, and I, I didn't go back to Georgia. I still go back and visit like every year I go back home and I do shows, I do music and stuff like that. And um, what I always wanted to do, and I didn't want that name of a snitch on me. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? So now I'm back home, I got my music going, people people in my city play my music, they come to my shows and stuff. So I'm a, I feel good about that. But uh, I moved to Pennsylvania and I just walked away from game, from game bang. I walked away from all of it, huh? Why Pennsylvania? So, okay, so, um, while I was doing my federal time, my mom and dad got a final divorce. And um, my mom is originally from here. So when my dad divorced, she moved here. But my brothers, my dad, my kids, everybody is still in Georgia. I just knew that if I came home around those same people in that same area, the chances of me doing something different in my life is going to be slim. Only because when you grow up somewhere and you stay there, it, it like it forces you to be around certain people and you can't escape it. They know where you at, they know where you live, they're gonna come to your house and they're gonna come to your job. And you know, you just gotta leave sometime. Some far where they can't come, you know what I'm saying? So um <clears throat> I came to Pennsylvania. Um and I and I, I did good for two years. That was 2014, it's 2023 now. So I've been here a long time. I did good for two years and um I went through a struggle. I ended up getting my, um, I ended up starting a cleaning business when I first got out of the feds. I, I did a cleaning business and um, it did well. Me and this girl I met, we started a cleaning business, it did well. And then um, me and her broke up and she hit me for everything because it was in her name because I'm on federal right. probation. We got bank contracts, all this stuff. So it's in her name. We broke up, she took everything. I'm back to square one. What am I, what, what do my stupid ass do? Let me sell some drugs in Pennsylvania. Right. Let me sell some drugs in Pennsylvania. I tried that for about eight months. It's all it took. And um, a dude I was dealing with set up a control buy, and here I go with a federal violation. Federal violation, control buy. How did that go? How did that go? What, what were you selling? Cocaine. Cocaine. Yep. I sold this dude an eight ball, and he had got caught a day or two before, and um. He told his cop this big story that this guy from Georgia's bringing all the drugs up here to Pennsylvania, like put all his sauce on it. <laughs> and um, they, set up, they set up a control buy. But the plan was to make three buys on me and 
then coming to my house and, and get the stash. So, but after the first body they got from me, I ended up going to rehab. And let me let me give you this, this let me just give you this, this last little story about how that happened. So I, I'm selling the drugs. I'm I'm going through it. My girlfriend left me. I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm doing what I, I'm going back to what I started in the beginning. I'm selling drugs. So I end up catching the case. Boom. Well, I'm sorry. I end up selling to a dude that's cooperating. But when I sell him the drugs, I also go piss dirty for my pro probation officer. I'm pissing dirty for cocaine because I'm dealing with this shit. I'm putting it in right. my hands and it gets in your pores. So my, my PO like, look, you need to go to rehab or I'm going to have to tell the judge to violate you. You keep on having cocaine in your system. And I'm like, bro, I don't get high. He like, I don't want to fuck. It. You got to go to rehab or go back to jail. So after, after they get the one buy from me, I go to rehab. You didn't they explain. You didn't explain to him, I'm not getting high. I'm just dealing. <laughs> you that wasn't no. That wasn't that wasn't the way you went. So yeah, uh, probation officer. I just sell drugs, sir. I don't, yeah. I don't do the shit. No way, not that. So uh, it was crazy, man. This is a good, but this is a great story right here that to end it with uh, on, on how that worked out for me. So. I go to rehab. I don't know how I have a controlled buy over my head. I, so I go to rehab and I get back out of jail. I, I mean, not jail. Rehab. I was in rehab for 30 days, inpatient. I come home from rehab and I'm driving my car two days later and I get pulled over by the cops for a taillight. They pull me over on my name and say, you have a warrant for your arrest for money laundering. That's what they tell me on the side of the road. I'm like, what? I'm like, nah, I just got out of rehab two days ago, and my probation officer knew I was in rehab the whole time. He didn't mention anything about no warrants. You got the wrong mm -hmm. guy. So he like, I believe you, because this is a weird type of warrant to have a money. money. He like, I'm, 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 I'm going to call the station and see if they want me to bring you in. So he calls them, and they're like, yeah, we want him. Bring him in. And I get there, and they're like, it's not money laundering. You have a controlled buy of a, a narcotic. You sold to a, and when I read the paperwork, it's the dude. I'm like, fuck. So here I go again. Been on rehab two days, and I'm back in the county jail. Um, I call my probation officer, and I say, please lift my detainer and let me make bail so I can fight this case from the street. I need a fair chance at beating this. I'm innocent. I just want to get me a lawyer. I can't fight it from behind these walls. I don't have enough money. He was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not dealing with you. You uh, sold drugs on probation. You stand in jail and you fight from jail. So this is what happened. I'm doing time in Montgomery County facility in Pennsylvania. And I get a celly and he's been to the feds before. And I tell him the same story I'm telling you about the control by and the rehab. So he was like, you know, your probation officer don't really run anything. It's your, it's your back judge. He was like, if you really went to rehab and you just passed it and you got the paper saying you went to rehab and you made that sale before you went to rehab, write your judge and tell him you had a drug problem and you went to rehab, you're clean and you want to make bail and fight your case from the street. I don't I don't think for one chance in hell this is going to work, but I'm in jail. It's a long shot. I write it. I'm on the phone with my girl maybe two weeks later. They do mail call. I get the mail. And I'm looking at it and it's like court papers, but I'm thinking it's for the the uh the drug case because it's a state case. So 
my girl like read the papers. I'm like, it's just court shit. I ain't reading that shit. I want to talk on the phone for my 15 minutes. I'm saying? I don't got but one phone call. I'm not gonna read my mail on the phone with you. She was like, just read it. And I looked at it, I'm like, oh shit, it's from the feds. And I read it, and the judge said, I grant you the motion for bail. So I went down to the federal jail for a bond hearing, and he let me go. Nice. He said, I got your letter. And um, he said, I see what the PO told you to go to rehab, told you to get a job, and you complied. And you didn't give him no hassle about it. You went to rehab. You got a job. You complied. So I'm going to give you benefit of the doubt. I'm going to let you bond out and fight your case from the street. And so I bailed out. And this shit was unbelievable. But it gave me an ankle monitor. But I can't lie. I'm, I'm stressing. I'm stressing because I'm guilty. And I don't know how I'm going to beat this shit. I don't know what they got on me. So um, end of the day, I'm, a, I'm about to go to trial is what I'm telling the courts. I'm about to go to trial. Fuck it. That's a mistake. Because what the federal government is telling me is if you violate for this type of violation, if you get found guilty, that's three years with us. Plus whatever they give you for this charge in Pennsylvania state. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, that was going to give me three years for that violation. Because I had three years on probation. Federal probation. They came right. after my time. Yeah. So they was going to revoke all, give me all of that. Even though I only had six months left on it. They was going to give me the whole three. If I pled guilty to drug uh, sale. So I told the courts, I'm going to trial. And um, I'm really trying to pump fake them so they can give me a real low deal. I'm telling myself, like, I'll take a one to three up and then go do three for the feds. But I'm really stressed the fuck out, man. So I'm telling these people, I'm going to trial, I'm going to trial. And what happened was the feds got tired of me waiting to go to trial. And, I'm, and, and, and um, at this time, I'm smoking hella weed, I'm drinking hella beer, and I'm pissing dirty for my PO while on a leg monitor, while waiting to go to trial. And he's like, Grable, why are you getting high, bro? And you, just, and you I'm like, listen, man, have you ever been facing five years in jail? Have you ever been facing that much time? And you know what I'm saying? I'm, I bought it like this is some stressful shit. That's why I'm getting high. So he right. was like, man, you got to get out the streets. So what happened was the fans got tired of waiting on me to go to trial. And they gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. One day my lawyer called me and said, hey, the DA got a deal for you. He said, you're, he said, because you're on leg monitor and you're doing drugs and you're stressed out. He said, go get him a year and a day. Before you plead guilty, before you go to trial, before you do anything, give him a year and a day, and they'll let you out federal probation. You only got six months left on it. Right. If you go to court and get found guilty, they'll give you three years. Take a year and a day right now, and we're done with you because you're hard to supervise. We don't want no more dealing with you. Take this year and a day. And I thought about it for 20 minutes. <laughs> I said, oh, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> you feel me? Because now I can go wrong with this case, and you know, I can parole out of Pennsylvania or something. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't want to deal with the feds three years and that case. So I signed the waiver and I went to Hazleton FCI 2018 where they killed Wally Bordre. I was there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he came, got off the bus one night. The whole compound couldn't believe it. Wally Bordre is here. The next morning he was dead. He didn't wow, make it. I didn't know what happened. That I didn't know. I didn't realize it was okay. He didn't make it to breakfast. When they went and checked this cell again, he was dead with his tongue cut out of his mouth. They locked us down for three days in our cell, and after that, life went on. 
and you were in the same facility or I mean, you're in the same prison. Yeah. I mean, was it that wasn't he in like a pen? Yeah. So Hazleton FCI is a complex. Okay. They got, they got a low, a medium, camp, and a pen. And you were in the pen. I was in the medium. Okay. He was in the pen. He was in the pen. Okay. So okay. But you yeah. know, this is so this is such big news <clears throat> that the compound knew it. He was coming. And in my mind, I'm saying he's not gonna walk in population because he's tall on people, he's cooperated. Right. So in my mind, like you're not gonna come on the yard of a pen and just walk around and like, no, I don't think he's gonna do that. So, but he does. And you know, like I know in the federal jail, they ask you, have you ever told on somebody? Did you feel safe walking around here? Do you wanna be yeah. in population? And you say, yes, they, they put you in population. So when I said he came to population, I was like, what the fuck? And he didn't make it a day. Hmm. That's crazy. They should have uh, put him in the medium or the low. He was an old man. He's not an he was an old man. You, you, I kind of feel like it was suicide. I, like he wanted it almost. Like he because he he had to know, right? Oh, yeah. Listen, but he went to trial and the whole time during the trial, the that whole trial was basically about him trying to prove that he didn't cooperate. You understand? He he never said he cooperated. He always he went to trial so that he was like, "Prove that I cooperated." Okay, like I didn't know that. Yeah, he was saying that the FBI made it sound like he cooperated, but he never really cooperated. But it didn't matter by that point. Everybody already believes that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if somebody says you're a rat, even if there's no proof, and other people start saying it, it's almost impossible for you to prove that that's not true. So now you're going to be fighting. For the next fucking few years of your sentence, even though you're like, I didn't say anything, but some asshole said it. Everybody else spread the rumor, and it's just impossible to get it off of you. That's one of the hardest jackets to get off your name. If somebody calls you a snitch or a rat, it's like you got to really go find your transcripts and do all this stupid shit to prove to prove that. And you're right. I didn't even know that um, he was trying to say that. Yeah, there's a documentary on it where his lawyers are, are interviewed, and they're saying they think that Connolly, the FBI agent, they think Connolly made it look like he was cooperating to protect him because he's paying him. Like he's paying him to keep, to give him information. And Connolly is, is getting the information by saying Bulger is cooperating. But most of the cooperation, he Connolly was taking from other people who were giving information and saying it came from Bulger. Okay. Bulger always insisted that he never cooperated. Like he knew he was going to prison forever. They were saying, look, we'll just give you like 30 years. And he would say, no, I want to go to trial because I want to prove at trial that I did not cooperate. Because right. he knew right. he's going. He knew he's done. He's not. Right. <laughs> so, so, so he yeah. did really want to walk comfortably. Yeah. He, I guess he thought he was hoping that it would come out and people would understand that it was, it wasn't true. Right. You know, whether it's true or not, I don't know. I just know that during the trial, that was really the big reason for him to go to trial because he knew he he knew he's, he knew he's guilty. He's, he's going to prison right. forever. He's going to die in prison. But anyway, but I, I hear you. So th so they killed him that day. They lock everybody down in the whole facility. Yeah. They locked them down for three days. And um, we didn't at first we didn't know why. But we like everybody knew why the Borgia came there because, you know, the guards and stuff. You know, why the Borgia just came to the pen. So yeah. we're like, oh, oh, wow, that's crazy. And then the next morning, we didn't come out for breakfast. We locked, we, and we don't, we, we're on lockdown. But uh, six o'clock news come on. 
Yeah. Watching TV in the dorm, like, why do you boys are dying at Hazleton? I was like, whoa, that's why we locked down. It's crazy. Just that quick. You know, like, I can't tell no grown person what to do because people have kids and family members. And if you want to get back home to your family, I kind of understand. It's just something that I'm not willing to do because just by me going to prison, I know that a lot of people don't live comfortably once you decide to do that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't. Some people do. A lot of people don't. A lot of people have to be in a cell by themselves the whole time. They're in prison because of that. So I just chose not to. But I don't judge people, you know. Um, so what happened? So you got out. So after that last time, I went to um the violation and, I, and all that stuff happened. By this, by this time, I'm 30 something. Mm. And I'm looking around at all these guys who are 21, 22, and I just feel out of place. Like, I can't keep doing this shit. I'm about to be 40 years old. And this shit just got to stop. So the last time I got out, I buckled down. I learned how to do technology. I got me a couple of YouTube channels. Uh, I monetize my Instagram. Like I said, I, I, I do music. I got a recording studio that I work at. I edit content for people. And I just decided to just, I left all that shit alone, man. Um, people, people that know me from back then don't even, can't believe me right now. Like how I am now, they be like, I can't believe you. Like I thought you was gonna really be dead or in jail forever. Like I was dead crazy. What's your YouTube channel? It's uh BMG Capo Official. Oh, okay. It's the uh, yep. That's, that's why I got put, it right there. Should put um, at YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> on YouTube, uh Instagram, it's all the same. BMG Capo Official um at YouTube. But um I also have another channel that it's a faceless channel, but it's called TTOM TV, where we interview influencers. We interview Charleston White crazy ass. You know, I don't know who that is. You know Charleston White? No. The guy on the internet who's starting out of drama with everybody. But um anyway, he um is a he like he's against gang members and he like I hate all gang members. I oh, hate all I know members. that guy. I love I the, the black guy he's yeah. oh yeah 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 he's yeah. great we interview him. <laughs> he's great. He was on Vlad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's he's hardcore. So my he other channel, TTOM TV, is my other channel, and we interview him. It did well. It did huh? well. It did, it, I say um, it did like over three hundred thousand views on several on several clips. So it's over a million views. I did an hour interview with him. We made it like four different clips, and it did good, man. It's funny as hell, but. You know, I had a bunch of questions for him because he was like, I don't like rappers and gang members. So, you know, I was like, so, but yeah, so I just do content now, man. Um, I came across your channel because I like to see people's stories and people that have been through what I've been through. And I, I watched a bunch of your stories and I was like, uh, I'm going to tell my story on Matthew Kitt's channel. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> do you have a uh, TikTok? You, you do TikTok? Um, I do have a TikTok, but I'm just not big on it. I'm bigger on Instagram. So... Yeah, so TikTok, like I had, I I had a guy in in Canada start my TikTok. Right, he contacted me. I had one before this this young kid was running for me, and he just didn't seem to understand that like you certain things you just can't say. And he just put up the clips, right? And then and then suddenly, boom! They just they took the whole TikTok. You know, they they gave multiple warnings. So then curse, you gotta edit the cursing out and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you can't talk about guns. You can't talk about like it's all kinds kinds of stuff. Right. So, well, I mean, you can, you can't, it depends. But anyway, so then 
I didn't even, even fuck with it for a while. Then this guy from Canada said, hey, I, can I run a TikTok, a TikTok channel for you? And I'll direct all the traffic to, you know, your your uh, uh, your YouTube channel. And he, just asked you, he, he, just, he just offered his services to you. Just offered. And, you know, this is the problem. I've had people do that before. And here, you know, what happens is most of the time they just fall off. They say they're going to do it. And two weeks later, they're like, ah, it's too much work. Right, right. You know, they're all, and they they intend. I get it. It's not they're 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 not being jerks. Their intention is, you know, what they just don't know what it takes to run people's stuff. It takes work, right? And and I can't pay you. Like I'm like, look, I'm not paying somebody four hundred and fifty dollars a month to run a TikTok. Right. Like I'm just not doing it. So, um, it you know what reminds me of it reminds me of all your buddies in prison that left. That said, man, I'm gonna put money on your books. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna. I'm gonna write you letters. I'm gonna. And then <laughs> you, you get the one phone call, and you get. You might get twenty bucks one day. Might maybe maybe. And then, then they don't answer your phone any, the phone anymore. Right. And all the stuff they were gonna do, they don't do, do none of it. None of but, it. But at the time, they meant it. Like I, I always like to think that you know, listen, like I, you know, you know those guys. It's like, look, I get it, and I get what you're saying, but. You'll get out there. Life will take over. You <laughs> yeah, got, you got two two kids. You got a girlfriend. You got your mom needs you help. You got and next thing you know, you know it's like, do I really need to be busting my ass working and sending this fucking guy in prison money? You know, every month. Like, I got bigger. Like, I, I got two kids, man. Right. So, so I get it. So people reach out and they try and help, and and they just they don't realize what it takes, and they make these huge offers. And every time I've taken people up on it, they fall short. Well, anyway, this guy in Canada, when I talked to him, he actually like pled his case. Like he was like, look, I'm, I'm in real estate. You know, I do OK, but it's dropped off dramatically. He said, I'd like to ultimately do something in social media. And I think that I could take your content and run a channel. And I'd really like to do it just to see how it goes. And I was like. Okay. Like you're re you're not sitting there lying to me, you know, and telling me, oh, I'm going to this and that. And right. anyway, and he's like, look, I'll do it for six months. And in six months, if you want to pay me, great. If not, I'll just hand it over to you. So I was like, okay. He did it for about four months, took it from, started the channel, actually started two channels. One of the channels never did great. It ended up with 10,000 followers. The other one, he brought it all the way up to about 104,000, 103,000, 104, which I'm about in three months. Wow. Three or four, three to four months. Then he real estate picked up in Canada. He started working more. He didn't post anything for like two weeks. And I contacted him. I said, bro, what's going on? He goes, man, I'm so sorry. Work is picked up. He said, I said, was it a matter of me? You know, do you need me money? Like, he's like, no, even if you gave me money, I just don't have the time to do it. Like, even if you paid me, I, I, I still have to work this many hours to keep my job. And, and he said, let me just hand it back to you. So I, he handed it over to me, took us another month. So I didn't post anything for over probably four to six weeks. We hired a guy, we started posting, but I can tell you right now, my, so by the way, we, we've been posting for two weeks. The first time we re the, you know, and listen, but let me tell you that TikTok. some of those videos have 6 million views, 2 million views, 4 million views. It's huge. Like that thing went to a hundred thousand followers. And I could tell when he would post a TikTok that did well, you could literally see my fucking, you could see my my subscribers on my YouTube channel just spike. 
for like a week. And then the moment it slowed down, it started dropping. Yo. So, oh, direct correlation, bro. Here's the thing. When he stopped for the six weeks and we started posting, the new videos we were posting were getting 2,000 views, 3,500 views, you know, 2,200 views they, for two weeks. Two days ago, because we posted for two weeks, two days ago, the last video, 150,000 views, 160,000 views. So I don't know what happened. It, 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 I think it, it's almost like the algorithm says, okay, he's serious again. Right, right. Start pushing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm saying if you do do it, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's worth it. It took him after it took about a month before it took off. But when it did, man, come on, it went nuts. And everybody is telling me this. You got to go with TikToks. Leave Instagram yeah. alone for right now. Like, don't spend so much time on it. Because I spent a lot of time on Instagram and they just took the reels away. The money for reels, you can't make right. money no more. Yeah, my, my Instagram monetized. So everybody's saying, Bro, go to TikTok. It'll boost your YouTube. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go there, man. Um, but like, how does he edit the content? Like, does he uh put a twist on it, or does he just do it? How your interviews? Like, what does he do? Yeah, he'll try and make like a story, take a story and shove it into one minute, because we also put them on Shorts and Instagram. But you know, what are Shorts gonna get? You know, twenty five hundred views, six thousand views, maybe. Right. You know, most of them are two or three thousand. Instagram, if it does really well, maybe it gets 50,000, 30,000. That's not, that's nothing compared to TikTok. TikTok the, reason, the reason I took YouTube seriously again, because I was just on Instagram and I was just uh, running to my other page with the, with, with the interviews. Because that we did, we actually made a couple thousand dollars a month on it, on the, with Charles, the, the dude I interviewed. Yeah. That, pay, that page I interviewed different people who's in the hip hop industry, but not rappers though, but like who got the stories, but we made a decent money on that page. But this BMG Capital official page, um, I had 300 subscribers, 300 in December last year. I posted, I was, I, first I was watching a, a, a podcast and somebody said, hey, you wanna grow your YouTube channel? Use shorts. Shorts is the best way to get to a lot of traffic and quick. So the first short I made, I thought I watched that, it went viral. I thought it was regular. Like, like I'm like, what? Is this, this is what shorts do? Like, the first short I made did a half a million views. Whoa. 700 shares, 18,000 likes, type 1,000 subscribers from that one short. Yeah, I don't have I nothing like that. I posted <laughs> another short. But it's not but, but it's not my own content. I've, I just uh, covered the story of these rappers. And I just put the pictures of them from different places, and I put the story together, like, it, like, like you said, in one minute with a hook. You know, right. this is Gucci man. This is what he did. He's gonna go do this, and I, 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 and I did that twice, and then went viral. And those two clips got my channel from three hundred to like twenty eight hundred subscribers. Of those two clips, so I know the power of it, especially like TikTok is bigger too. But like right now, I'm at like almost five thousand, so I'm trying to get where you are though on YouTube. Yeah, but you could you could tell your story. You know, the, the only problem with you, the way you tell your story is like, you know, and, and, and I kept waiting for you to do this and I, I should have slowed you down. Like, I'm a horrible interviewer, bro. I, I'm not a great interviewer. Um, um, like Danny with Concrete or somebody, they would have done a better job because, you know, I, I'm kind of like just listening to this story and I need to kind of try and slow you down. Like, I, I, I should have I asked you like, like now I'm thinking I should have said like, well, how did you know it was a cop's house? How long did you watch it? 
weren't you scared? Were you, you know, I like I didn't do that. And I, I really should. I'm, I, I got to get better at this. But like if you slowly told your story in little 30 minute clips and maybe you fill it up. I mean, I mean, slowly, like talk about I hit this house and then this one and then that's it. That's the whole clip. Spread it out over 20, 30 minutes. Post it. You did that for 10 till you get all the way to where you are. Let's say 10, 10 short videos. Mm-hmm. Then you started just interview other guys, other hip hop guys mm-hmm. and their story. And just put, it doesn't even matter if it's really a shitty video. What's most important is the sound quality because people will watch shitty video with good sound quality, but they will not watch um, great videos Great, great video quality with shitty audio. They won't do it. So it doesn't matter if your if your camera's messed up and, it, and and it's not high quality and it's cockeyed. It don't, that doesn't matter. What matters is get decent sound quality and just interview other hip hop guys that are like starting out and post it on YouTube and make little shorts about it and put it on 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 TikTok. TikTok will drive the, the traffic. And then once you get to 10,000 followers, you can put a link. And then they just hit the link and it brings them straight to your YouTube. Oh, cool. Because trust me, once he put that link on there, that and I have a link tree. Because it'll, it'll you know, you go to link tree and then you can either go to YouTube, you can go to mm-hmm. here. But regardless, once you do that, man, you can, I'm telling you right now, you can see it. And every once in a while, you're going to get some clip of some guy that's blowing up. Mm-hmm. And you add, and you can use their music. They'll do it because you can say, man, I want to tell the clip with your music in the background. Th- these guys will line up to do that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You can do it from your house just like this with StreamYard. That's cool. I'm just How much is, um, yeah, I got to get StreamYard. I like StreamYard. I think it's like 30 bucks. A, it's nothing. It's like 20 or 30 bucks a, a month or something. It's okay. Cool. Cool. It's totally, it's totally worth you, it. You're on your way to getting your plaque, man. You too going to send you a plaque soon, man. You get a hundred thousand. I'm telling you, I'm shadow banned. Thanks. I'm shadow banned. I'm sh- I think I'm shadow banned. Like everybody says, man, why isn't like it's been two years? You should have a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. Your videos should get, and they're just not. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know. But I mean, I'm I'm look, like, here's the thing. I don't care if it takes another two years. Like, mm-hmm. I like doing it. It's just now at the point where it's paying my bills pretty much. Not great. Like I have to do other stuff, but right. A few more months, six months from now, yeah. it'll pay all my bills. When that happens, I'll double down and I won't be doing three interviews a week. I'll be doing four and five and then there it'll blow up. There you go. But I have time. Like, you know, like there this is the, this, the, the fact that I'm doing this and then they're paying me money. Yeah. Is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, laying on your in your bunk in prison. You're like, how am I going to make a living? Right. Right. You know, like, how am I even going to get by? So the idea that I'm living in a nice house, I have a new car. I actually have a new house. Like this house was built a couple of years ago. Does your like, TikTok I mean, make money too? Huh? Does your TikTok uh, make money? I never monetized it because the guy in Canada told me don't monetize it. He said, you're it. it and look, it, it could have been I his opinion. That. Well, it might have been his opinion. I don't know. I just he said you mind that they're gonna try to stop it from making money, like they're not gonna let it get big. Like, what did he say? He said they won't push your content as much, or they'll slow it down. I or... believe that. I believe that because look on YouTube, I make reels. I mean, on um, um, Instagram, I make reels. I'm monetized, 
some of them will get the five, ten thousand views and they'll just slow down. But I look at this page over here that's not monetized. His reels go 80,000, 100K, but they're not. So I, I really feel like on those, you TikTok, Instagram, if you're monetized, they don't want to pay you that much money. So they're not going to push your shit to just, you know, it's the it's the content that's not monetized that they probably just push. I don't, that's what it seems like. It could not be true, but that seems like it makes sense to me. But um, you could make money off TikTok, but you could try it. Well, listen, the money. Because you, right? you got enough followers now to do so. Yeah, the money on TikTok and the money in comparison to YouTube is there's no way you're going to make the same amount of money. First of all, there's no way that a two or three minute TikTok is going to make as much as a two hour video on YouTube. Um, you know, it's just it's but the, the other the, although what I've heard is you can go live, like going live on TikTok is good. People can donate and you can make money doing that. So another thing you could do on your channel, too. That will help you out a lot and it will probably get you a lot a lot of views because you uh the name of your channel is cool true crime i like all that you could uh cover stories of of guys that's in prison or out of prison but they don't have to tell you their story you could just like cover it and do a voiceover and just have like images of the scene and just i know what you're talking about I, i've seen people, those guys that do that people like stuff like that yeah but you know that takes a long time that's a lot of editing like that's a lot you do your so, own editing? Yeah. Well, not for the channel so much. Like I do my own tick, not my own TikTok. I do a lot of shorts and TikToks. Gotcha. I can do my own editing, but for the channel, I, I have a, a video editor, uh, Colby. Colby does all the editing for the channel. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I make TikToks and you know I make shorts every once in a while, and I can edit. But you're I right though. Like if you did a story for. An hour, yeah, that'll take a lot of editing. But if you did maybe a 15 minutes, 20 minute story, but that's really thrilling with the music and the, I don't know, just just thinking of some ways you could do some different stuff where you ain't got to always do interviews. So, so when you don't got time, or just say if, if like, even if it took him, even even if it, even if you gotta pay 150 bucks to make a 30 minute good story video, it, it it'll probably do a lot of views and it won't throw off your niche it's just, right you know what i'm saying yeah. well i like doing the interviews yeah so for what, sure. what, what software do you use so much to edit with yeah adobe oh, okay mm -hmm. but adobe, but on my phone i ain't gonna lie i like editing on my phone better really i i, I, I use final cut pro i just use it on my macbook i'm not good on a, on a computer i can edit some stuff on my phone it blow your mind you know i've seen guys use i, I can put I, the sound effects and have shit popping up when I'm talking. I'm good. I'm good on my phone. I use like Vlogstar, uh, Vlogstar, and I use iMovie on an iPhone. I mean, really, iMovie is really easy, and I use yeah. it too. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I started. I started on the MacBook with iMovie, Final Cut, but it's very similar. Yeah. My, my only problem was you could only stack like two on top with iMovie, and I'm, sometimes I'm stacking two, three, four uh, different oh. uh, feeds, but. I haven't learned how to do the overlays on iMovie. Yeah, like you, how gotta, you, you gotta figure that out. You gotta do that. Yeah, Listen, I can do it on everything. <laughs> right. right. Uh, all right. I mean, I, 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 we're good. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. We're good. I don't think we're anybody watching really wants to hear us talk about our YouTube channel. So, um, <laughs> right, right. They might. They might. It's fine. If they've watched this far, they probably are.
they're probably okay with it. Uh, we're good. We're good, man. Um, for sure. And I, I got a bunch of homeboys. You might get interview soon. Um, I got a good story coming out, man. Um, it's a rapper. His name is uh, T Grizzly. He's real, real famous. But he came up rapping somebody else's life that went to jail. And they're going to give me the interview from jail and prove to the world that the rapper is rapping their life. It's going to be real cool. <laughs> it's going to be real cool. Well, look, if you have anybody that's uh, interested, you know, interested in telling their story, like, let me yep, know. I'll send it your way. All right. I got well, you. Hey, I let, got me, you. let me wrap this up. I appreciate, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you contacting me. So, hey, I appreciate you guys watching the video. And if you like the video, do me a favor, hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell so you get notified of videos like this. Leave me a comment in the comment section. Colby's going to leave the links with Capo's uh, YouTube and Instagram and also his social media in the uh, description box. I appreciate you guys watching. See ya.